Blackout. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. I'm your host, David Vignola. This is episode number 25. And this week, we're going to talk about five tips for when you're recording vocals in your home studio. Five tips for when you're recording vocals. That's what we're going to talk about this week. Before we get started, if you like this podcast, if you find it helpful, please leave a five-star review, like, share, subscribe. Make sure you let people know about the Home Recording Made Easy podcast. I really do appreciate it. And I want to hear from you. Let me know what your show ideas for future podcast episodes are. Send me an email at info at homerecordingmadeeasy.com. Now let's get ready for this week's episode right here on the homerecordingmadeeasy.com podcast. Okay, welcome back, everybody, to episode 25 here at the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. We're going to talk about five tips that you can use when you're recording vocals in your home studio. These are going to be huge. So make sure you get yourself a pad and a pen and take some notes because I think these things are really going to help you make sure you get a more consistent and just an overall better raw performance of your lead vocal, which is going to help you when we talk next week about how we mix vocals, <laughs> okay? So make sure you pay attention. Now, if this is your first time here, welcome to the Home Recording Made Easy.com family. I wanna make sure that you stick around to the end of this episode because I'm gonna give you a couple of free gifts to help you with your training. So if you're new here, stick around. Make sure that you stick around to the end of the show. Also, I wanna hear from you about future podcast show ideas. Take, a, take the time, if you would, if you have a topic or something that you haven't heard me cover yet, send me an email at info at homerecordingmadeeasy.com and let me know what your show ideas are. I wanna tailor this podcast to help you in the most effective way possible. And by getting your feedback, it really does help me. So make sure you do that, okay? So now let's talk about five things that you can do when you're recording vocals in your home studio to get a better vocal recording, okay? So tip of one of five, tip number one is choose the right microphone for the job at hand or for the vocalist at hand. Having a decent condenser microphone as well as, as a dynamic microphone available is preferable in your studio. So home studios don't have big, large microphone lockers. You can't afford it. No one can. <laughs> I get it. But if you want to, you know, start a home studio, you want to have a decent large uh, diaphragm condenser microphone and also a decent dynamic microphone. How much do you spend? Well, get a good dynamic microphone, something like an SM57 is 100 bucks. A good large diaphragm condenser microphone, uh, you know, you could spend anywhere from, you know, a few hundred bucks to several thousand, you know. But if you spend 500 to $700, you could get yourself something really, really great. You want to have a couple of different microphones. If you Now, if you're recording yourself, you can try out different microphones and um, you can find one that suits your voice the best. And that's what I recommend is that you try out several different, mic several different microphones to find one that best suits your particular voice. Now, if you're someone that records other artists, this is where having a handful of different microphones over time starting to build up a small microphone collection of microphones that sound different because every vocalist sounds different. But let's let's just assume that you're a home recording musician and you're recording your vocals or you have a bandmate, you're recording their vocals, but it's always the same vocalist. Then you want to try out a bunch of different microphones if you can. See if you can borrow different microphones from friends 
or some places will actually allow you to rent different microphones where you can rent them for a day or for a weekend or for a week at a much cheaper price than buying them. This is a great way for you to try out different microphones to find out what suits the voice that you're recording the best or if your own voice. Or you can also purchase things from places like Sweetwater.com, links are in the description box below and the show notes, where you can always return a microphone if you don't like it. You can, you can pick up a microphone, and if you don't like the way it sounds on your voice, you can return it within 30 days. Now, you can't do that, you know, 150 times, because sending Mac microphones is a lot like headphones. They kind of, you know, frown upon that a little bit. You want to be careful from a hygiene point of view. But if you're a customer of Sweetwater, you, you could talk to their sales engineers. You know, you're recording a male voice, a female voice. What are you kind of going for? Is it rock? Is it heavy metal? Is it pop? Is it country? And they could kind of guide you to some of their suggestions depending on your budget and what kind of vocal you're going to be recording. But if for some reason you don't like it, you can always send it back. But every singer sounds different in different microphones and trying to pick the right microphone for the vocalist that you're going to be recording, especially if it's yourself is makes a huge difference to the way that vocal is going to sound huge difference. And I would highly recommend a lot of people don't spend enough time thinking about the microphone. They just use what they have. And in some cases, look, if you can use what you have and that's all you have, that's fine. There are things we can do at the mixing stage with EQ and compression and things to kind of shape the vocal. But again, we're talking about getting a great vocal recording and a performance right from the get-go and the microphone has a lot to do with that. So if you have yourself in your home studio, a dynamic microphone, like an SM57 or an SM58, or even a Shure SM7B, which is a little bit more expensive, lots of vocals have been recorded. Hit records have been recorded with a Shure SM7B, which is a broadcast microphone, which is about 400 bucks, but you can also record electric guitars with it. Lots of vocalists, vocalists like Prince, vocalists like Michael Jackson have recorded through a, a Shure SM7B in the studio, and that's what you hear on the record. It's a $400 microphone. That's a dynamic microphone, but you also want to have a large diaphragm condenser microphone. And again, you don't have to spend a lot of money, but if you spend a couple of hundred bucks, or if you could spend five, six, seven hundred bucks and get yourself a good quality, uh, large diaphragm condenser mic, that's really going to help. So choosing the mic for the job at hand is hugely important and something that you really ought to consider. Okay, that's tip number one. Tip number two, once you have the microphone figured out, <laughs> the mic positioning is another thing a lot of people overlook. Ensuring that you have the singer properly positioned while singing is hugely important. Now, a general rule of thumb that I use is to have the singer stand about eight to 10 inches away from the microphone capsule with their mouth pointed directly on access to the microphone. Use a pop filter to reduce the plosives, and if there's any section of the song where the singer's going to get extremely loud, then have them back up a few inches during that part of the song and then come back to the starting position once that section of the song is over. An experienced singer who has done a lot of recording knows how to work, quote-unquote, the microphone. So, you know, take note of that. Okay, so singing off axis and those kinds of things. I know there's some people that will use those sort of techniques. I typically don't like that because if the singer turns their head a little bit too much to one side while they're singing off axis and not directly into the front of the capsule will cause problems down the road where you won't be able to hear ends of phrases and those kinds of things. 
and also a singer, if they're singing with some kind of performance and some kind of you know emotion, they're moving a little bit. And so you want to have them directly in front of the microphone, okay? Eight to 10, inch, eight to 10 inches away is a good guideline. Again, if they're going to get super loud, have them back up a little bit, you know, during choruses. Or if they're not singing the song from top to bottom all the way through, sometimes, what? well, a lot of times, I shouldn't say sometimes, a lot of times when I would track vocalists, we would sing all the verses, get them all down, and we go back and sing the choruses on another track. And we may reposition the singer, their distance away from the microphone, especially if it's a very dynamic um, loud section of the song. We'll sing those separately on a separate track and a separate take so we can reposition the singer in front of the microphone. Okay, This is going to ensure when you have good mic positioning that you could hear all the lyrics, you could hear all the phrases, you don't lose tales of phrases and those kinds of things. And it's going to give you a much more consistent um, recording of a vocal. So after you get the microphone, make sure you position it in the right way and you put the singer in the proper most effective position in front of that microphone. That's tip number two. Tip number three is having good quality headphones for the vocalist, whether it's you or for somebody else. Having a good quality closed back headphone that feels comfortable when wearing for long periods of time can and that also can be turned up loud enough so the is crucial for the performer to make the performer, in this case, the vocalist, uh, feel more comfortable. Make sure that you're using closed back headphones so you reduce the headphone bleed, the music coming through the headphones into the vocal mic, which is always a problem at mixing, as I'm sure a lot of you know. So you want to make sure you have good quality headphones, whatever you can afford, the more you can afford, the better, that you can close back, that a singer can wear for longer periods of time and they don't become uncomfortable or irrit irritated, irritatable for them. Irritable, is that a word? <laughs> They don't irritate the singer because if the singer is not feeling comfortable and the headphones don't feel comfortable or if they're really crappy, cheap headphones and they just don't sound good, that's going to affect the vocal performance, which we're going to talk about in a few seconds. Okay? So good quality headphones. And you also want to make a headphone or make a headphone, have a headphone or and or a headphone amplifier that, you, that the singer can turn it up loud enough to where they can hear it at a decent volume level that's comfortable for them. So having good quality headphones when you record is crucial and highly important, 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 okay? Tip number four, talking about headphones, is having a great headphone mix. This is something that cannot be said enough. Singing more than any other instrument is an emotional thing, and if they don't like what they are hearing in their headphones, they can really screw up a vocal recording session, if possible, have a small submixer or a headphone amplifier in the vocal booth so the singer can adjust the volume for themselves and even have the ability, if possible, if you have the ability in your home studio, for them to adjust the amount of reverb in their headphones. This will give the performer a sense of control and they can dial in their own headphone mix, okay? If that's not possible, depending on your setup, then before the singer ever shows up for a session, if you're recording other singers, you should set up a basic mix with a touch of reverb and listen to the headphone mix for yourself in the vocal recording area. <laughs> also make sure that the headphone mix is not screaming loud. You don't want the performer to put the headphones on and get blasted with music for the first time. Having a great headphone mix is crucial, guys. It really, truly is. A singing, a great record, a great recorded vocal 
has a lot to do with performance and making the singer feel comfortable, okay? That's going to be kind of our bonus tip. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. You want them to, when they put on those headphones, you want them to like and enjoy what they're hearing. The headphones have to be comfortable. They have to get loud enough for them. And they want to feel like when they're singing into that microphone and hearing them back, hearing themselves in the headphones, they like what they hear. Because if they don't like what they hear, you've screwed up their psyche. And when you screw up their psyche, that can affect their vocal performance. And you don't want that as a producer or a recording engineer. So if possible, run the headphones out to the isolation booth. If you have something set up in your home studio, put a little headphone amplifier out there. A headphone amplifier is 80 bucks. You could buy them even cheaper than that on Amazon, but buy something decent, you know, like something by Focusrite or PreSonus or even Behringer. Put a little headphone amplifier out in the vocal booth so they can control the amount of volume that they hear in their headphones of the music and of their own voice. If you could put out a little sub mixer, that's even better because then they can put, you can put their vocal on one fader, the, the music on another, and then maybe a little bit of digital reverb on the other. So they can control that for themselves. If they like what they hear in their headphones, you are going to get a much better headphone, a much better headphone, a much better vocal performance out of that singer. So don't overlook a great headphone mix. Okay. That's tip number four. Tip number five, be careful with how much vocal processing you use when recording. Unless you are a very experienced at using compression and EQ when recording vocals, I personally would record them with no processing at all and do all the compression and EQ at the mixing stage. Even with reverb, you can monitor the reverb when the vocalist is singing in their headphones, but do not print it to the DAW. Do not print it to the DAW. Okay, reverb. Don't ever do that because then you can't change it once it's on there. Same thing with EQ and compression. Remember that once you print EQ and compression to the DAW, it can't be removed. And when you're mixing the song, you may find that the vocal compression and EQ needs to change so the vocal will sit properly in the context of an entire mix. Okay? So... Experienced recording engineers will, will record with a little bit of compression and a little bit of EQ at recording because they know what they're doing. They're experienced at it. If you are not experienced at it, do not do it. Record it flat. EQ and compression, we can do it mixing. If you are experienced with it or you want to become experienced with it, you could put a little compression on the vocal on the way in. I wouldn't compress more than two or three dB of compression. I don't want to squash the vocal. Leave me or you, the mixing engineer, enough room to manipulate that vocal performance after the fact. Because once you put it in with the rest of the mix and all the other tracks have EQ and compression and the mix is starting to come together, you may find that what you recorded with and what you're going to mix with as far as settings go for EQ and compression are going to change. On EQ, yes, you can use like a high cut or excuse me, a low cut or a high pass filter on the vocal, roll off everything under 60, 70 hertz. Because whether it's a male or a female vocal, you're not going to have all that low information. And anyway, you can roll that off at recording if you want to. But I would be very careful about boosting the high end. I'd be very careful about cutting a lot of the mids. I would try to leave it as EQ neutral as possible. This gives you more control at mixing. And remember, once you've uh, printed the track with EQ and compression, you can't remove it. And again, same thing with reverb or delay or any other of those wet vocal effects that the vocalist likes to hear when they are singing. 
set up so it's not printing to the DAW. Right? You, can, you can put it on the input side and just monitor the reverb. Don't print the reverb. Do that after the fact. Okay, that'll save you. Would hate to have a, a wonderful vocal performance and have it ruined because you put too much reverb on it and now it sounds doesn't sound right in the track. Okay, so that's tip number five. And I'm going to give you a bonus tip here. Tip number six. Here's our bonus tip for this week's episode. When recording vocals, especially if you're not recording yourself and you're recording someone else, always remember that vocals is all about performance. Okay, all the technical stuff we just talked about is great. Singing perfectly in key is great, but nothing trumps a, a performance, a vocal that is performed with passion and delivered with a, a high a high rate of passion. No, nothing trumps that. A vocal even slightly out of tune in certain areas, but with a wonderful emotional performance will trump a perfectly in tune vocal that sounds flat and sounded like they sang the song with no emotion whatsoever. So whenever you're recording a vocalist, remember it's all about the psyche. It's all about making them feel comfortable or her comfortable. It's all about making sure that they like what they hear in their headphones. It's all about putting, getting all of that nonsense and all that technical stuff out of the way. So when they put the headphones on and they start to sing, all they have to concentrate on is singing with their, with the, with their heartfelt emotion, because that is what sells a song vocally is the performance and vocals, by the way, are the hardest thing to record and get a great recording. Not technically, right? You put up a microphone, you get the right microphone, you have a good headphone mixing, you sing. Easy, right? That's easier than recording drums. You don't have, you know, seven, eight, 10, 12 different microphones and all kinds of phase problems and this, that, and the other thing and mic bleed and everything else. So why are vocals the hardest thing to record? Because it's the one thing that you can't control with a piece of hardware and that's the internal psyche of a vocalist. Vocals are all about emotion and performance. Not that other instruments are not, but not nearly as much as a lead vocal. And remember that, you know, remember that if you're someone who's producing a vocalist, someone that you're going to have coming into your studio this weekend to record vocals, you know, there's things you want to make sure they do before they come in, you know, a good couple of rules, another couple of extra tips here. You know, I tell vocalists, you know, 24 hours before you're going to sing for several hours at a time. Don't drink any dairy, no milk, no cream, no cheese. Don't eat pizzas, right? It clogs up the nasal pad. It clogs you up. It's not going to, you're, you're going to, you don't want any of that mucus and all that stuff in your system, right? Stay off of that stuff. The day that you're going to record or the couple of a day before you're about to record vocals, go to a, a recording vocal session. If possible, try to speak the least amount as humanly possible. And when you have to speak, try to whisper if you can. Tell the vocalist, rest the vocal cords, rest the voice. Don't go out singing a gig, a gig the night before and then come in the next day and try to record high quality vocals. It's difficult, even for singers that are really experienced. Even the most professional, um, famous singers in the world treat their voice very, very gingerly before they're going to record vocal sessions. So no, no dairy, no cheese, Try to whisper, try to stay quiet as much as possible 24 hours before. The day that you're going to record, lots of warm liquids, warm water, lemon water, tea, 
those kinds of things. Try to stay off the caffeine. Don't go to Dunkin' Donuts and get your large coffee with uh, extra heavy cream. <laughs> stay off the lattes that day before you're going to record. Okay. Those are some extra things you can think about to get a vocalist ready to record. Recording a vocal is more about the preparation than it is about the actual recording session. If you're prepared and you've done all the things that I've talked about in this episode, among some of these other things I'm talking to you about now, these extra little bonus tips, when that vocalist is ready to record, you are going to get the best quality vocal possible for that particular singer. And therefore, when you go to mix those vocals, and we're going to talk about that next week, you're going to have a much easier time, a much easier time. Make sense? So quickly in summary, tip number one, choose the right microphone, choose the right microphone for the job. Number two, make sure you have good mic positioning and the singer is positioned in the proper place when they're singing into microphones. Having a good set of headphones, tip number three, to make sure that they're comfortable and that they sound good and are not cheap pieces of garbage. Get high quality, the highest quality headphones that you can afford for the vocalist. Okay. Tip number four, make sure they have a great headphone mix. Take time and give them as much control over that headphone mix as humanly possible. Make sure, number five, that you're really careful about what kind of processing you do in during the vocal recording process and don't print stuff to the DAW if you don't need to. And then kind of our bonus tip number six, Remember, it's all about psychological. It's all about the performance. We want the most killer vocal performances we can get. And a lot of that has to do with the five things I just said a second ago. Not to mention, you can help prepare the vocalist a day or two before the recording session with some of the other tips I mentioned about no caffeine, no dairy, try to talk as little as possible, those kinds of things. And make sure they feel like they're in a good mood when they come here. And if they're not in a good mood, get them into a good mood. The atmosphere is another thing that I failed to mention. Where are they recording? Are they recording in a vocal booth? Is it like a little tiny closet? Are they going to feel claustrophobic? Can you make it feel open and airy? Can you have, you know, cool dim lighting, candles, incense? You know, every vocalist is different. You want the vibe to be right for a vocalist. You don't want it to feel sterile and cold and uninviting. You want it to be warm and easy and fun and inviting and cool and vibey and all that stuff. That all plays into the psychological thinking of a vocalist and it will help them feel more comfortable and therefore you will get a better performance, okay? So those are my tips this week on how to get a really good vocal for when you're recording vocals, whether you're in a home studio or in a big studio, okay? So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Now, like I said in the beginning, I want to give you a couple of free things here. So if you're first time here again, welcome to our podcast. I hope this was helpful for you. I want to give you a free training course over at homerecordingmadeeasy.com. I want to give you a free mixing course. It's right on the homepage. Click on the orange button. No strings attached. You'll get a free mixing course and you can check out my teaching style to see if it's something that resonates with you. And if it does, and you want to pick up one of my other training courses on the website, I want to give you a discount. I want to give you a 30% discount if you use the coupon code podcast30, and it'll be in the description box below in the show notes, podcast30. Use that at checkout. Take 30% off any one of the training courses on my website. So make sure you do that as well. And again, please like, subscribe, share, leave a five-star review if you could. And also please send me 
your podcast show ideas for the future. If there's something you want me to cover, I'd love to hear from you. The email is info at homerecordingmadeeasy.com. And I'll be sure to cover your topic idea in a future episode. So until next week, I've been Dave with homerecordingmadeeasy.com and mixingmadeeasy.net. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you guys next week. Take care, everybody. Bye.